Got another message here. Fletch. Watched RT for many years. I think it's sometimes best to get some of your information from, for me, like whistleblowers. So individuals like um, Bill Benny, a.k.a. William Benny, um, uh, former CIA agent, I think his name is John Kiriaku, Kiri, uh, uh, even like Cynthia McKinney, former um, former U.S. politician, um, and actually was for a long time uh, listening to a gentleman by the name of Lee Stranahan from uh, Fault Lines, which was he, were, he was under Sputnik Radio, and he went there because I actually watched him in real time uh, quit Breitbart News because he wasn't allowed to ask why the Republicans wouldn't pursue checking the DNC servers and the fact that his own party from the right uh, didn't allow that, like, freaked him out, and he actually uh, quit working for Breitbart News. So I like listening to whistleblowers. <laughs> Thank you, Fletch. Yes, I uh, pretty much steer away from corporate media because we know what their agenda is. They're owned by corporations. Their bottom line is profit, and you'll never hear an anti-war, pro-peace message on a corporate news network. Um you know, the Donahue show, I believe it was on NBC way back uh, prior to the original Iraq war, was NBC's top rated show. The guy had been on for like 30 years. Then he started having uh, people on as guests that were speaking out against the Iraq war. They canceled his show. They didn't just reschedule it. They canceled it. They pulled it. Their best show of all time. They pulled it because they didn't like the message. Fletch, here we go again. So with that said, a part of me was uh, interested if you've ever done one or if you will do any in the future about um, some of the more recent whistleblowers out here in America and what they're presenting. Of course, we know Chelsea Manning um, and uh, her great service. Um, of course, I think everybody knows uh, Edward Snowden, but uh, any any newer ones that, that you think might be of relevance? Um, yeah, thank you, Fletch, for bringing that up. Some of my favorite, well, speaking to Edward Snowden right away, um, yeah, I watched him on Democracy Now, which, yeah, you know, I take Democracy Now with a grain of salt. But this program was fantastic because they had Snowden on. They had uh, Chris Hedges, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, who had also been a foreign and Middle East correspondent. So great background there. And also um, journalist, award Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Max Blumenthal. So those three were guests. And Edward Snowden was basically breaking down the depths to which the spying was happening, not only on the U.S. population, but on the entire world. I wasn't aware, but 70 percent of all world communication comes through the United States. So every email account, every social media account, cell phones, smart TVs, I mean, the, the level is unbelievable. You know, we, we point fingers at China for being a surveillance state. You know, Russia has been our favorite villain forever. I'm 54 years old, right? I grew up under the threat of nuclear annihilation. And, you know, that was the birth of heavy metal music because there really wasn't a hope for a future. It was looking very dismal. And hence, heavy metal was born. Um, well, it turns out Russia has never done jack shit to us. But we keep them on the forefront. You know, Hillary Clinton said flat out that she she wanted to go to war with Russia. Yeah. So some of my favorite whistleblowers now would be I don't know about whistleblowers, but uh, people that speak truth to power, you know, people that are uh, kind of doing what I'm doing, but on a bigger platform. 
would be Lee Camp. He's got a show, Moment of Clarity. Um, Abby Martin on YouTube as well. Uh, the reporter Max Blumenthal. There's The Gray Zone. The Intercept is a good, uh, good publication. The Jimmy Dore Show is a great source. He has some great people on. Um, Russell Brand, the comedian, he has gone, you know, very political and love what he's doing. Um, so there's there's a lot of people out there who are speaking truth to power who just aren't buying the lamestream narrative, right? So I said it earlier on a little video when I was going for a walk, but, you know, if, if you're flying a Ukrainian flag and a bumper sticker and, you know, you're, you're, you're espousing this, you know, propagandistic, I stand with Ukraine, but you don't, you haven't looked into any of these other crises. You don't stand with the people of Yemen, Iraq, Syria, Libya, Palestine. Then you've been propagandized, you know, and um, hopefully it's not too late for you. Hopefully you don't think that I just hate this country and that, you know, whatever, you know, try to put me in a box because I'm speaking out against the evils that are being perpetrated in our name. These are these acts are being done in our name. Right. So I just pulled up uh, the website Amnesty International about Yemen. Let me see if I can get a date on this here. Uh, January 26th, 2022, Yemen. U.S. made weapon used in airstrike that killed scores in escalation of Saudi-led coalition attacks. The Saudi-led coalition used a precision-guided munition made in the United States in last week's, last week's airstrike on a detention center in Sahad. I'm probably butchering that name. Uh, in northwestern Yemen, which, according to Doctors Without Borders, killed at least 80 people and injured over 200. Amnesty International said today the laser-guided bomb used in the attack, manufactured by the U.S. defense company Raytheon, is the latest piece in a wider web of evidence of the U.S. manufactured weapons in incidents that could amount to war crimes. Over the past week, the Saudi-led coalition has relentlessly pounded northern Yemen with airstrikes, including the capital city of Sanaa. Sanaha, these are tough names. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a Dave Smith. I'm a little phonetically challenged. I'm doing my best here. Um, that have inflicted dozens of civilian casualties and destroyed infrastructure and services. The escalation followed Houthi strikes on 17 January that targeted an oil facility in Abu Dhabi, which killed three civilians. Oh, so it sounds like that was retaliatory. How dare you bomb our oil? Um, horrific images that have trickled out of Yemen despite the four-day internet blackout are a jarring reminder of who's paying the terrible price for Western states' lucrative arms sales for Saudi Arabia and its coalition allies, said Lynn Malouf of Amnesty International's deputy director for the Middle East and North Africa. The USA and other arms supplying states must immediately halt transfer of arms, equipment, and military assistance to all parties involved in the conflict in Yemen. The international community has a responsibility to close the gates to all arms sales that are fueling the needless suffering of civilians in the armed conflict. By knowingly supplying the means by which the SLC 
uh, Saudi-led coalition has repeatedly violated international human rights and humanitarian law, the USA, along with the UK and France, share responsibility for these violations. Amnesty International's arms experts analyzed photos of the remnants of the weapon used in the attack on the detention center and identified the bomb as a GBU-12, a 500-pound laser-guided bomb manufactured by Raytheon. Wow, Raytheon, manufacturers of death, destroying a community near you. Since March 2015, Amnesty International's researchers have investigated dozens of airstrikes and repeatedly found and identified remnants of U.S. manufactured munitions. Amnesty International's previously identified the use of the same U.S.-made Raytheon bombs used on 21 January in a Saudi-led airstrike carried out on 28 June 2019 on a residential home in Taiz, uh, government Yemen that killed six civilians, including three children. Wow. The international community has a responsible to close the gates on to all arms sales that are fueling the needless suffering of civilians in the armed conflict. And that's a quote by Lynn Malouf of Amnesty International. In September 2021, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a provision to its yearly defense bill ending U.S. support of the SLC's offensive operation and airstrikes in Yemen, yet it was removed from the final bill that later passed into law. U.S. So, so you see how we do that? We can speak out and say we're not going to support it anymore, but oh, but then that'll be retracted from the final bill. Rhetoric, political rhetoric at its finest. U.S. President Joe Biden has abandoned promises made after first taking office in early 2021 to end U.S. support for offensive operations in Yemen, including arms sales, and to, quote unquote, center human rights in foreign policy and ensure rights abusers are, quote unquote, are held accountable. Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates are apparent exceptions since November 2021 anti-ballistic defense systems to Saudi Arabia, including a $28 million deal for U.S. maintenance of Saudi aircraft in mid-January. Among these was the approved sale of $650 million in missiles to Saudi Arabia, also from Raytheon, which Congress greenlit despite motions to block it in December. The administration stated it remains committed to the proposed sale of $23 billion in F-35 aircraft, MQ-9B, and munitions to the UAE, United Arab Emirates, despite strong human rights concerns. Continuing to arm the SLC not only fails to meet the U.S.'s obligation under international law, it also violates U.S. law, the Foreign Assistance Act, and the Libby laws. Both bar U.S. arms sales and military aid to gross violators of human rights. Booyah. And, you know, and it's just morally and ostensibly wrong. So brutal. So does the U.S. have any moral, any moral high ground left? Do we? When was the last time that we did a humanitarian relief that was really humanitarian relief? 
I can't think of one in my lifetime, really. Um, they've all, it's all been military operations under the guise of humanitarian relief. Um, so let's continue on here. On January 20th, 20th the Saudi-led coalition launched airstrikes on the port city of Hudaya. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm butchering these names. They are tough for me. Hudayada, killing at least three children, according to Save the Children. Airstrikes have also targeted a telecommunications building in Hudayada, causing a nationwide internet blackout. Isn't that convenient? Yemen was largely without internet access for four days, leaving friends and families out of touch and restricting people's ability to access or share information on the situation. Seems like that was by design. Under international humanitarian law, all parties to the conflict have a clear obligation to protect the lives of civilians caught up in the hostilities, including detainees. The deliberate targeting of civilian objects and extensive unjustified destruction of property are war crimes. The coalition has denied targeting the detention center in Sadaha and was hit in the 21, that was hit in the, in the January 21st airstrike. The United Nations described the attack as the worst civilian casualty incident in the last three years in Yemen. And then a little, this is the background here. The conflict in Yemen has taken a devastating toll on civilians across the country. The people of Yemen have been exposed to unlawful practices by state and non-state armed groups alike while violations of human rights and international humanitarian law, including war crimes, have been committed by all parties in the conflict throughout the nation. The latest escalation in violence came after Houthi strikes on Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates on January 17th. On January 23rd, a missile struck in southern Saudi Arabia, which reportedly injured two civilians. So how dare you fuck with our oil? We will fucking kill you. That's the, that's my summary. So yeah, pretty intense, man. Pretty, pretty intense. Um, once again, it's not that my heart doesn't go out to people struggling in the Ukrainian conflict. I'm just nauseated by the virtue signaling of people flying the flag and the bumper stickers and all this and that. And, you know, espousing their humanitarian-ness on, on social media when they don't speak of any of these other longer-going uh, conflicts that have, you know, that have decimated the lives of way more people. Um, so, ultimately, I am a pro-peace, anti-war person. Um, I think there is always, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. I truly believe that. And... You know, if our number one goal was diplomacy, we would be sending plane loads of diplomats, not weapons. But that doesn't seem to be the goal. So that doesn't seem to be the action taken. Um, curious if you guys have any more uh, questions, anything you want me to cover on this. Otherwise, I don't know. This is going on like 45 minutes. Probably a good time to wrap it. Um, I would like to, once again, to give a shout out to some 
some people speaking truth to power that I highly suggest people check out. Um, the Jimmy Dore Show is a fantastic outlet. He has people on, journalists and authors all the time. Um, Russell Brand also. Um, another one, Abby Martin. She's a fantastic investigative journalist. Uh, she actually went and um, lived in uh, Israel and Palestine for two months and did a four-part series on what she saw there, reporting from the ground, from refugee camps, and interviewing people right on the streets of Jerusalem. And what she portrayed is absolutely horrific. That is an apartheid state, and that's a really nice way of saying it. And um, it's a horrific conflict that 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 needs to stop. I have no idea why we support Israel, but we do. And you can't speak out against Israel or you're an anti-Semite, even if you're just, you know, trying to end conflict. And if you're pro-peace, um, you know, it, 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 where there's a will, there's a way. And uh, Max Blumenthal another fantastic journalist, um, The Gray Zone, The Intercept, um, Lee Camp, another fantastic freedom fighter. And uh, let me know if you guys have any, have any ideas of people that I haven't mentioned that I should check out, you know? What's going on, Dharma Ghost? Um, and Shamara, Shama let me know how you say your name. I don't want to butcher it. Sham, Shmari, Shmarahu. Oh, I'm butchering it. But anyway, appreciate you people for tuning in. Let me know if you have a uh, a news outlet that you suggest that's not you know on a major corporate owned station. I call CNN the CIA news network, and uh, I recently found out that MSNBC, the MS stands for Microsoft, so that's basically Bill Gates NBC. Yeah. Um, and we all know, we all know about Bill Gates. It's a shifty guy, that one. Jay Rue. I mean, you might hot. know this guy um, already, uh, but he, on YouTube, he goes by the name of Some More News. Um, he's, you know, he's got Twitter and I don't know, other platforms, I'm sure. Some More News. Uh, he's, uh, he's kind he's a comedian. And he's hilarious, but he's super fucking informative. Like, so informative. I do not. Uh, I'm not familiar with that guy, but I just wrote that down. Um, another one that's pretty good that I like is the Real News Network. Uh, Dharma Ghost. Thomas Sheridan, uh, Ireland, um, Pagan. <laughs> uh, he's, he's got a pretty good... Uh, view of world affairs, but um, he, I mean, it's kind of more coming from the magical pagan sort of perspective, but got me through the pandemic anyway with some least hope of staying sane. Um, it's the greatest, greatest education ever, though, world, world affairs right now. Uh, it's free. <laughs> Um, but thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. 
Thank you, Dharma. Thank you very much for the compliment and for that source. I will definitely check into him. Oh, here's another one. Glenn Greenwald, fantastic journalist. He started a uh, site called The Intercept, and then he was told he couldn't speak out against the Clintons, so he bailed from the, uh, the site that he started. Jeremy Scahill, uh, another one. Um, and then uh, The Gray Zone with Max Blumenthal and Aaron Matei. Aaron Matei actually won a journalistic award for debunking the whole Russiagate bullshit. Um, he peeled back the onion on that through many, many episodes and won an award for it. But, you know, MSNBC kept spewing that nonsense even after he had won that award. Jay Rue coming in hot. How about um, Kyle Kalinsky with uh, Secular Talk? I never hear you mention him. Are you... Um, you into him or you got any issues with him? I like him. I, I have mixed feelings about Kyle Kalinske. I used to like him a lot. Um, he's kind of toned down a little bit. I think I'm not sure what that's about. Um, he used to do, what was it? Rising. He, uh, there was this woman, um, Crystal Ball used to do a show called Rising before she was pulled off of that. And now she does a show with Kyle. Um, so I, you know, I, I see him every once in a while. He's not one of my go-to sources. Um, another person I really, really like is Kim Iverson. And she started as an independent YouTuber and her YouTube was blowing up. Like she was getting, you know, 10,000 views per show, gaining a hundred thousand followers a month. And, um, now she's on the hill, uh, which is, you know, take her to leave the hill, but she's their left-leaning voice, uh, what I like to call the voice of reason on that show. Um, yeah, I don't dislike Kyle Kalinske, but not really one of my go-tos anymore. Um, you know, he was big in the Justice Democrats, and I think he's still of the school of thought that we can reform the Democratic Party from within. and you know, I've abandoned that that notion or that hope. That's what led me to the People's Party. I think we just need to walk away. What I've been told for, for many years about the Democratic Party is that if we don't vote for the Democratic candidate, then we're by default giving that election to the Republican counterpart. I completely disagree with that. And that's fear-mongering tactics. The largest block of voters are non-voters, around 100 million people. So if we can get a fraction of the Democratic Party followers to leave the Democratic Party and join the People's Party and then get a large portion of the non-voters and possibly a fraction of Republican voters, then that third party is in and it's a happening thing um, that, you know, you got to break some eggs to make an omelet and, you know, it might take a little bit. So whatever, but, but if we don't take those first steps, we'll never get there, right? The journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. So firm believer in a third party, I, I completely believe that our two-party system is broken. Um, you know, large donors and corporations pay off both sides so that whoever gets in, they have their boy in the White House. You know, uh, Obama's a prime example. Citibank sent him a letter with 21 names on it of who they wanted in his cabinet. Well, guess what? All 21 people got a, got a position in the Obama cabinet. And then look what he did with the 2008 crash. Bailed out the banks, 
screwed the people. Um, that's a whole nother show. But I've heard that with the money that was given to bail out the banks, they could have paid off every single home loan for every home loan owner in the United States. Imagine that. Imagine if all of a sudden every homeowner didn't have a mortgage and that was disposable income. That would have gone back into the economy and our economy would have exploded. It would be thriving. But no, they gave that money to, to the banks that didn't need it. As a matter of fact, Bank of America was busted because that was stimulus money. It was supposed to be spent to, to you know, stimulate the U.S. economy. Well, Bank of America invested their $82 billion of taxpayer money in foreign investments, saying that they got a higher return on the money. Well, we don't give a shit. That's not what it was for. It was to stimulate the U.S. economy. So unbelievable. Another really great source that I've stumbled on, um, onto recently is called the Film Archives on YouTube. And what this is, is it's kind of late 80s, early 90s interview format. It's, you know, just a sit down interview format. Um, but they interview a bunch of old ex-CIA members, John Stockwell being one. And you'll hear some amazing mind-blowing accounts of firsthand experiences of CIA operatives and what they actually did on the ground. And if you haven't heard these revelations, it'll blow your mind. Um, so we are not, <laughs> according to everything I've heard and read, we are not the good guys. We are not out there promoting democracy and freedom. It's quite the opposite. We're maintaining US hegemony and taking anybody out at the knees that 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 becomes a threat to that um one little side note on that if communism was as bad as we're told wouldn't they let a country try it decide they didn't like it and then point the finger and go see see we told you so maybe communism maybe communism isn't so bad maybe it's a better way and maybe that's why the CIA is hell-bent on stopping it at all costs, right? Think of the McCarthy era here in the U.S., when if you were found to have any communist ties, your, com your career was ruined, you were blacklisted. Um, now we label any country that's socialist as enemy number one, right? Um, Venezuela, prime example. Venezuela had a thriving economy before we put an uh, economic embargo on it. Turns out they have, I think, the largest supply of oil in the world. So that's why we care, right? It, in case you didn't know, that's why we care. I think it was Noam Chomsky that says, you know, if Iraq's export was broccoli, would we be as concerned? Um, no, we wouldn't. So you always got to look to the money. But, uh, you know, Maduro in Venezuela was democratically elected. That it, the election was evaluated gone over with a fine-tooth comb, and it was found to be a completely legitimate and fair election. As a matter of fact, the elections in Venezuela were found to be uh, freer and fairer elections than those in the United States by some international governing body that I didn't don't remember the name of. We got two more messages here. Dharma goes. Um, so right on for at least, like, I think that's the first like intelligent like per, like solution <laughs> to to 
a fucking broke ass system that I've I've heard. Because um, it's it's I've been just like okay, like well, who's gonna who's gonna lead? Who's gonna what do we what do, what the fuck do we do? Like I mean, so that's at least something. I'm gonna look into that. People's party sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, my favorite thing about the People's Party is they don't take any corporate money and they're doing something groundbreaking. If you think if you know somebody that you think would be good in politics, whether they have political experience or not, you can nominate them for a position in the People's Party. So isn't it time that we get people into Congress that have the right ideals and the right goals and morals as opposed to you know, taking the right classes and having the right connections. It's Armagos coming in hot again. Well, yeah, they they did pay off everybody's mortgage. They paid the banks, and then the banks are still going to charge you, so they're kind of getting double. Yeah, thank you. And five million people lost their homes in that. For the first time in the U.S., uh, in recent U.S. history, the the next generation wasn't doing as well as the previous. So, you know, Parents had to move in with their children in some cases. Um, it, 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 the whole empire is in decline, right? So our lifespan has declined for the first time in the U.S. history. Um, deaths of white males, the leading cause of death for white males, which I know, you know, the world's smallest violin plays for the white men. But I, I'm not saying that. But it's just a statistic that, that points at how bad things have gotten. Deaths of despair are now the leading cause of middle-aged white men. And what these are are people drinking themselves to death, um, dying from doing drugs or drug overdoses, or straight-up suicide. You know, basically the disease of hopelessness, right? Dis-ease, not being at ease, is an epidemic right now. Um, you know, and... and I think it's being sown, right, in all these little minute ways that we're being told to to fight against each other. Um, I'm not buying into it. We are all one. Um, that's why I introduced my podcast with greetings, fellow Earthlings, because we're all on this little planet hurling through space in a corkscrew pattern. It's a miracle that we're alive right now in this place, on this rock, flying through space. So we need to keep that in mind. Any little division line is exactly that. It's minutia. And if you pull back the lens far enough, it doesn't matter. You got three more messages. Shamraya, I wish you would tell me how to spell your, say your name correctly. I feel like I'm butchering it. But Shamraya, coming in hot. Uh, I just want to say, uh, on paper at least, communism seems the most fair political uh, theory for me. Uh, and I'm from England. And when I came to America, all through the seven-year process, each step, step, I had to swear and sign, you know, that I had not taken part in any political com communism, uh, you know, uh, activities. And the final thing was I had to swear as well that I would never do. See, there you go. That that's. I'm not saying I know, but this this occurred to me about a month ago. If communism was so bad, wouldn't we let people try it and learn that it isn't very good? Well, apparently it's the opposite. We're, 
You know, if you come, I just learned this from you. If you're coming into this country, you have to swear not only that you haven't had communist affiliations, but that you never will. Wow. Wow. I bet we don't ask if people have Nazi affiliations. Dharma yeah. is coming in hot. Um, shout, shout out to urban um, camping. The great American dream. Like, I didn't even own a home, but the fucking shit show of a time it's been trying to recapture what was, like, I worked hard for, you know, um, yeah, but, like, yeah, I don't know, man, but there's a lot more people living uh, in their cars, um, some creatively, some not. Uh, now, um, then, uh, post pre pandemic, um, um, observation. That's a great observation. Great point. And I, I think it's been on the rise ever since the collapse of 2008. I mean, we, we never really remedied or reconciled or came to terms with that, um, we just kind of swept it under the rug. The economy, quote unquote, rebounded for people that do have money, right? The stock market. Here's how ridiculous um, it is to look at the stock market as a barometer of economic health. During the middle of the in the middle of the pandemic, when everybody's forced to, to stay at home, the the uh, the Wall Street had its best quarter ever. How how can those two things coexist? Oh, it's not a barometer. It's <laughs> Somebody told me once that um, that you know the the financial indicators on Wall Street are uh, I forget the quote now. Anyway, Shamara. And my name is Shamara Yahoo. Um, everybody gets a bit tongue tied with that. Shamara Yahoo. I like that. I'll probably have to say it four hundred times before I butcher it. But Shamara Yahoo. It's a great name. I got cursed with Dave Smith, but whatever just a name just a badge i was given um i appreciate all you people for tuning in um you know having people chime in and, and listen you know keep it puts the wind in my sails to make me want to keep doing these kind of things uh, makes me feel like i'm not just talking to a wall so thank you jay rue dharma ghost shamarahu man shamirahu ah sham uh damon and Moham, thank you all. Got a message from Dharma Ghost again. Here's something I don't understand. Like, for as many people who are living in their cars right now, it seems like cars would be a very valued asset that we have. But yet, in almost every city, like, p police, you know, police are not, they don't have the resources they're claiming to follow up and investigate carjackings or stolen car crimes. So, it's like people are doing it like more. And so there's now real concern. Like if somebody, if you see somebody kind of walking up towards your car, like fucking run the red light. Don't like, and that's the suggestion of our local police. Like fuck traffic laws. Keep your fucking shit. Run it. Cause we're not there. Absolutely. Dharma ghost. That's a good public service announcement. If this is the oldest trick in the book, it was happening back in the day in San Francisco when I lived there 20 years ago, but now it's on the rise again. People will rear end you 
like a slight fender bender to get you to get out of your car and then they'll rob you, possibly beat you up and rob your person or possibly just take your car. But uh, a woman, this happened to a woman in Sacramento. She was pepper sprayed in the face, then punched in the head, and then they took her car. Well, unbelievable. So absolutely. If somebody taps you and, you know, just drive away, call the police or drive to a police station. Um, do not get out of your vehicle. That's the time. These are the times we're living in right now. Um, it's it's unbelievable. Well, I think I'm going to call it there, folks, unless anybody has another message they want to leave. But um, this has been fantastic. I greatly appreciate everybody for tuning in. I'm, uh, I'm actually going to interview a woman that wrote a book, The Silent Prophecy. Um, so at four o'clock. So I got to get ready for that a little bit. But greatly appreciate you people tuning in. Uh, if you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do check out my podcast and another thing with Dave on all podcast platforms, anywhere you get your podcast information. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Ghana in India even. Uh, super stoked and humbled to be on 23 platforms in 46 countries. We got one more message. Dharma goes. Um, but, you know, that's not, I mean, I don't live in fear. Um, I'm truly believe we make our, we, we, you know, dictate our, our reality experience. And so, uh, you know, I see good things. I see good in people and stuff. And so like, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, plus Portland's fucking safer than anything. I don't know where you are, but, um, I'm in Portland, Oregon, fucking cream cheese here. Yeah. I believe we do create our own reality to a certain extent. Um, as a matter of fact, physics has even shown that um, that things change just by being observed. Um, but yeah, but you know that's a whole other topic. But absolutely. But uh, you know, just urge people to have their wits about them. You know, like I I used to work in hotels in San Francisco, and I would always tell people, don't look at the ground and don't avoid eye contact with people. Do the opposite. Look people right in the eyes and be like, hey, how you doing? I'm not. I'm not the victim. <laughs> I'm not afraid, you know, and, you know, because fear is all in our head, really. And we are all one. And, you know, go forward and manifest your reality of a beautiful, wonderful, loving life with people accepting you as who as you are. And uh, and hopefully uh, I will see you soon as we trudge this road of happy destiny. Much love to everybody. And another thing with Dave, signing off. Peace out.